Welcome to Downsizing Your Home and Life radio show, where it's all about finding ways to a clear path to stress-free downsizing in order for you to live your best life. Each week, we will discuss where to begin, how to select where to live, the best methods to sort and monetize your stuff, as well as the proper steps to valuing and listing your home in order for you to fast forward and start living your new life. Now, here is your host, Ann Nori, the downsizing coach, an experienced, award-winning realtor, auctioneer, and personal property appraiser, bringing you much-needed information to help you navigate the steps of becoming financially whole as you successfully downsize your home and life. Welcome, Beth Rose, to our Downsizing Your Home and Life show. It's a pleasure to have you here for our launch. And uh, we're going to be talking today about the process of downsizing and your many, many years of experience as a second generation auctioneer uh, serving the entire uh, nation, really, and specializing in the Ohio, Michigan, Toledo areas. And uh, we can't wait for you to share your multi-generational history about the art of downsizing of, of personal assets and real estate. Welcome, Beth Rose. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me this morning. It's an absolute pleasure. And we're so excited to be able to uh, dive in and start answering the many questions that our viewers have and our listeners about the process of um, downsizing. Tell us a little bit about your family business and where it all began, Beth. We are a 55-year-old auction firm. My father actually owned one of the largest Century 21 franchises in the country back in the early 80s, and he sought out auctions and put us on the map, and he was trained by the greats in this industry. So I have three other sisters that are also auctioneers, and my daughter, who's an auctioneer. So we're a third-generation firm serving Ohio, Michigan, Indiana, Florida, pretty much throughout the Midwest. Wow, your, um, your, the legacy and the experience that the family has, I think is one of the most highly respected in the auction industry, thank you. And as well as your leadership, serving on the National Auctioneers Association's Executive Board of Educational Trustee, thank you for your service, as well as your candidacy for the presidency. How exciting. It is exciting. I will be the incoming new vice president then president and CEO of the National Auctioneers Association. And I am very excited to represent this amazing industry. My goodness, it's, uh, it's such a pleasure to be able to dive in and, and, and listen to your advice as to, why don't we start off talking about the different types of auctions, Beth, that, that are available to our, our listeners for personal assets as well as for the real estate. Absolutely. So originally, 30 years ago, when I became licensed, everything was a live on-site auction, which to this day, you talk to an auctioneer, they are, they are big callers, they love a good auction. Live auctions were very social. Uh, it was a way to get to know people. People would follow you. But then things changed because of technology and, and time. 
So back in 2005, I started to incorporate an online bidding feature along with my live auctions, and that was going very well. So you could bid right from your computer, you could come to my auction, we were doing simulcast auctions, and I was convinced, oh, it's been about six or seven years ago now, to change my branding, that I needed to update my branding, my, my branding was very corporate, and I wanted to be able to sell a lifestyle and to be able to communicate a little bit better with my buyers. So it was interesting because he said, uh, the developer said, Beth, your website is 90% mobile. Why are you doing desktop online auctions? I said, you're absolutely right. So we started an app that we use uh, so you can bid on the fly or bid on the go from the app and that has become extremely popular. So you can do a live auction, you can do an online auction. With an online auction, you're able to reach a much bigger audience. We ship all over the world now where with a live auction, that's not really possible for them to participate. So we know when you have greater competition and more buyers, you're going to get better pricing. And I mean, you've got, it's global at this point. So now, um, we're actually doing something that's even a lot more fun to be able to communicate since video is so popular these days. We are doing a virtual auction incorporated with the online auction so that I can actually communicate and buyers can see me and, and they can hear the art of me bid calling. And so it's really fun how this has evolved with the auction industry. I'm pretty excited about it, but there are lots of choices. Amazing. And all of this really, again, with the changes that we've seen in our climate, this new technology and the opportunity to have buyers participate from all over the world is tremendous for sellers, whether it's for any type of asset, whether it's the real estate, whether it's the personal assets, whether it's art, cars, it, it's exciting uh, to be able to do that and from this and to also restrict, you know, the flow of individuals that come into the home. We'll get to that later. But the big topic, I think the most important question that everyone has is, when do you know it's time to start to downsize? Isn't that a common question that we hear frequently, Beth? It is, including myself. And we do hear this quite often. And so it's interesting because we are, as young baby boomers, um, I put myself in that category, we're retiring earlier. Uh, you know, our kids are gone, they've graduated college, uh, you're an empty nester now, but we are still young right. and active. And so, we have found out that we don't really need that big house and we don't really need all these things. And, and we hear our kids in our ears going, mom, when are you going to get rid of this big house? You don't need this anymore. And people are wanting second homes and you know, they want to be able to enjoy their lives. They've worked hard to get to this point, but they don't know where to start. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And what would you say is the steps that are best to begin that journey for downsizing? What are the first steps that one should take in, in starting this process? You need to make the commitment to do it now. And that's probably the biggest step. It seems overwhelming to a seller. Like, what am I going to do with all of this? Where do I begin? Where do I start? But it's very critical to have a plan. 
and you need to put a plan in place and you need to have someone on your team and someone that is representing you to help you with this transition because it can be overwhelming especially if you're if you're by yourself you know how are you going to handle all this what are you going to do i think in starting this you have to make your biggest decisions first Correct. and the biggest decision first is the commitment that i want to do this i want to enjoy my life i don't need all of this anymore and go room by room and try to decide what you really want to keep, what you really need, and what you're willing to part with. So we say, you know, put, put it into perspective that I need this, I can't let go of this, this one is a maybe, and this one is I definitely want to sell. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was interesting when I downsized, I had the big house and like this is, this is a lot. And so I had, you know, I had, I lived in a sticker world and I had one truck that went to my new house when I downsized. And then I had another one that went to my auction house because I knew I wanted to sell everything. Mm -hmm. And then I bought the second home down in Florida and I had a truck going to Florida. I put a plan and I started to make those decisions and it really does all come together. It really does. It really does. And one thing I would add to that part of the journey is really picking the destination. You don't necessarily have to have the fact of I'm moving into this neighborhood or potentially this is or or the new home picked out. But the commitment of I'm looking to get closer to the grandkids, I'm looking to get from the suburbs into the city, I'm looking to go from point A to point B. As soon as you identify that, I I think that, and create that vision and that vision goal board, right? It helps us to make and start creating those daily tasks and checklists. As you said, what are you keeping? What are you going to pass on? What are you going to donate? And what are you going to sell? That is the biggest commitment, right? That, That has to be made on the downsizing recipient's behalf. What's next in the timeline? How do they determine what that timeline should look like then? Uh, I would recommend that you work with someone who specializes in down, downsizing. Right. That is something that I have developed this program that I'm basically a concierge service. I am an assistant to the seller so that we can come up with the timeline and the plan. And when you have put that team together, things do fall into place. So once you've made that commitment, you say, you know, I'm ready to do this. I'm ready to get started. Getting started means working with someone that's going to help you get through that. So you need to be able to identify those items that you want to keep, donate, sell, move to the new house in Florida, Tennessee, wherever it is that you're going. Then you need to start talking to the movers and coming up with the plan when you know that you have your team built and you have this put together, this is going to transition quite nicely. So if someone were to think about doing this today, this really is about a 90 day timeline. And within this 90 day timeline, we're doing an inventory of the items that they wanna keep and sell. You know, we're starting to market and advertise all over the world to sell these items. Then we've got dates put into place, dates that the house is going to sell, 
dates that you're going to move, dates that you know the movers are going to come pick up and when they're going to be at your new destination, you know, in order to get organized and unpack, but it's about a 90 day turnaround time. So that way you're not stressed, you've got a plan in place and we put that timeline together so a seller knows when everything is going to happen. And it helps them avoid that pain of stretching the process out to a year or, you know, nine months or 14 months, right? Because we, I think we both talked to different individuals that unfortunately encounter the stress involved with dragging the process out mentally. And I think part of the reason that we really wanted to bring this content to our listeners is to encourage them and to share with them that it is a simple process. Once they select and work with the right professionals, it doesn't have to be painful. We want the process to be financially rewarding. We want the process to be as simple as possible and uh, help them take wealth and transform it from one area of their life to their new transitional dream part two (laughs) that I would name it. You have to, there is no disadvantage to downsizing. You have to be able to embrace that you get to do this and this is just a new chapter in your life. You've had everything you've wanted. You've Mm -hmm. had the big house. You made it, you did it. But now it's time for you. You know, you've, you've done everything as a parent and as a business owner, but now it's your time. And it's your time to enjoy whatever lifestyle you want and make things happen. Because downsizing to some, I've had, I've had many people that just, you know, they sell everything and they're getting in their 30 foot, you know, class A motor home and they're just going to see the world. And I think that's wonderful. I think that's great. But whatever it is that makes you happy, make it happen and come up with that plan in order to do it. Absolutely. And then, um, and then we also have clients and I think unfortunate circumstances when there might be a loss of a spouse or there might be a situation of a divorce or other compelling circumstances that pushes us forward, you know, to accelerate those plans, uh, potentially not, not what we had imagined, but it, it creates a, a reason or an opportunity or you're forced into making those hard, difficult changes. But either way, that the process can be simplified. It can be conducted in a way that is most efficient and profitable in the sense of doing what's best. So Beth, I think one of the most common questions, I think the number one phone calls that we might receive about, especially the personal assets is, Tell me the difference between the estate sale. Should I conduct an estate sale or should I conduct an auction? If you have a caller, what would be your response to that? They are two different ways and means of selling your assets. Right. Um, I'm an auctioneer. So obviously I believe in auctions, but here's the reason that I believe in auctions. I am reaching out to a global market. I have shipped the craziest things to the craziest places, but now more than ever, these online auctions are hot and people are gravitating towards them. Um, My data and my statistics have never been higher, but I'm selling it to the world. I 
my home base is in just outside of Toledo, Ohio. Right. So, you know, with an estate sale, and um, and I respect the um, the estate sale people, but they're only dealing with the Toledo dollar. And my Toledo dollar isn't as strong as a California dollar or the Naples, Florida dollar. There's a big difference. I live in an area that is tied to the auto industry. It's a lot of labor uh, <clears throat> workers. So I have a weaker dollar than actually what you do, Anne, being in the DC, Virginia area. And when I'm able to reach out to those other areas, I am getting so much more money for the seller. Right. My goal is to take these assets that they've collected or they need to sell, and I'm helping build their wealth for retirement is my goal. But everything sells at the end of the day. Everything sells, so you are not left with the problem or the issue. And here is the issue with estate sales is the fact that not everyone is on the same playing field. So if you have 100 people lined up at the door, which is very common at an estate sale in my area at 6 a.m. in the morning, waiting for it to open at 9 a.m., right. they can only allow so many people in the house and they are running towards that item. But that person that's number 100 in line really wanted to get that item and didn't have an opportunity. There's a price tag that someone puts on those items. And of course, everybody wants to negotiate down. Um, With an auction, you have the competition <laughs> in order to drive it up. And There's only one way in an auction and that's right. going up. <laughs> yep, it only goes up high, you know, they're gonna win or they're gonna lose. And so that's one of the benefits is being able to achieve more money for your assets. But the last day of an estate sale, and we just had one here um, that I stopped by, you know, and the last day was 75% off. They were giving the stuff away just to get rid of it. And I don't, I, you know, that is not what I want to see happen. I want to see everything sell for the maximum amount of price, um, you know, being able to open it up to everyone right. to be competitive to get that item that they want to fight for. I mean, again, being a personal property appraiser, as we both obviously have to appraise items to um, for valuation purposes, there's nothing more painful than to walk into an estate sale and realize that the person managing that estate sale might have a staff member that priced something wrong. Oh. Even as auctioneers, we don't absolutely without research know the value of everything and every item but if your viewers do and your auction participants do and they figure it out and they duke it out for an item an item that might have been marked at a hundred dollars at an estate sale how are auction records always set you know worldwide because two people wanted it or more than two and they duped it out online um, either live or online. So the auction method time and time again has demonstrated the successes that it can bring and the way that it you know, unites all of those buyers that are lined up outside, all hundred of them, participating in a fair open forum in the auction process, which is really magical to see. And it, you know, time and time again, it works financially in the favor of, of the seller. It does. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. I agree with you 100%.
you know, and, and, and again, so many, um, so many sellers are, are, when you go in for the consultation, when we go in and we're talking to them, there's a couple of different issues that we find absolutely in the DC area, security and security clearance by a, a lot of our clients is such a major concern. And they have to have a log of who comes in and who goes, leaves the property. That's why online auctions have become so much more prominent and important, not only for feasibility of return, but also for the security of the seller. And, you know, with this whole COVID situation, how, you know, what a more important time than to be mindful about, you know, who we're allowing to enter our personal space. Um, but the fact that this opens up the opportunity to limit how many people come in and to be able to ha still have that exposure for the items. Um, and the second point is that, that, you know, I think that we run into frequently are, is that sellers, when we're making the consultation or when it's the sticker time, what are they keeping? What are they donating? And then there's a fourth pile we haven't talked about yet, which is, the kids want the dining set, you know, my daughter may want the living room set. And what is your response to that? Oh my goodness. So yes. So we have, most of us have millennials and Gen Xers yes. that are our kids. And a lot of them are pushing us in order to get mm -hmm. to this point to get rid of right. everything. But we want to be able to pass on or give those items to our kids. Right. And this generation of our kids is much different. They are purgers. They are simplistic. They would rather collect experiences than collect our hand-me-downs or our heirlooms. And so it's interesting because millennials, you know, I appreciate antiques. I love them. They're ornate. The woods, they're beautiful but a millennial wants to paint them and they want to <laughs> repurpose them. And now more than ever, they have, you know, they shop at Ikea and Target and it's just, it's what their interests are. Right. So it was interesting when I moved, I wanted to give, I, you know, I had saved, you know, things from kindergarten and things I wanted her to have and, She's like, mom, I don't want these. Get rid of them. <laughs> and, and I hear that more and more. It's just, they live very simplistic. They are purgers. Right. They don't have a lot of collections. Right. It's not something they're interested in. So we're very sensitive to this yeah. because we have those items. And I did myself on things that, there were things I just couldn't let go of. Even though she didn't want them and I didn't want to sell them. That's okay. Yes. It's okay to hang on to. Some of those things that, make you happy, right. um, it's okay to hang on to those. We can't hang on to everything, but there's a few of those items you can't let go. So, you know, we're, you know, we're telling, you know, when we're consulting is don't over collect for the next generation. You know, my grandmother right. over collected so she could pass things down to all of us girls. And, and that's all great. I appreciate them. But now the next generation, they're just not interested in them. So, it's, you know, it's, it's a sensitive subject, subject, but that's just the way that the new generation thinks. Exactly. They would much rather you, um, you know, downsize and sell the item, write them a check. If you were going to give something to them, give it to them now. Why, why later? 
Yeah. And it's amazing how many phone calls I receive from clients that had to make that painful um, decision of the items that they originally thought they did not want to part with. And then they have conversations with the kids and the kids are like, you know, we don't have space for it. It doesn't fit their style or their decor, or they simply don't have the space for the six foot break front, right? Or that large gilt painting that you wanted to share with them. So it really becomes a matter of making those painful decisions early on and, and kind of, and moving on. So now we've made the decision of what to keep, what to sell, what to donate. And, and we've analyzed, you know, how to handle that through an auction method, hopefully. What is your uh, consideration when it comes to your evaluation about the real estate? because you sell real estate traditionally and you also sell real estate at auction. So, and of course, auction method has its own pluses and you know benefits. Uh, when would you say it's beneficial to sell a piece of real estate or to evaluate which method to go with? Real estate auctions are highly accepted. And this has been, I've been selling real estate and, and I'm known for real estate probably more than anything in my industry. Right. But I've been selling real estate for 30 years and been in the business my entire life. This market now and the market in the last couple of years right. is the hottest thing I've ever seen. So basically, the minute traditionally you list a property, you're the hottest ticket in town. Right. And so you have people fighting. And that's where you're hearing about multiple offers and things selling at list price or above list price in a competitive war. But only the person that sees that property pop up online mm -hmm. as an alert gets the opportunity at it. And what I am finding that my real estate auction gives everybody the amount of time in order to compete for that property. So if you were to get four offers on a property traditionally, and that's great that you sell it over list, but how do you know? How do you know that you didn't leave any money on the table? And if I had 50 people at that auction competitively bidding, how much more do you think we'd actually get for that property? The one thing I find out is that the seller isn't hiring me because I'm a great bid caller. They're hiring me for my marketing ability. And the types of marketing and the training that we have had, marketing really does take a giant spotlight and put it on that property. And we're going after the demographics of those who are not only looking, but somebody has made the decision that I like this house. They weren't even thinking about moving. So I open this up to a huge market. It's the most powerful form of marketing because I freeze the market. And the focus and attention is always on the property that's up for auction. And I've got the buyers competitively bidding in a competitive forum. And I know when I look at the seller at the end of the day, I haven't left any money on the table. Right. So the advantages are the fact that you're gonna pick the date that your property is gonna sell. So you know when everything happens. You know the day it's selling, you know the day it's closing, you know the day you have to move, and this all fits into the timeline that we talked right. about earlier. Right. And you're on a, a non-contingent offer so we do not have to deal with inspection, oh, and financing and all the things that we painfully have to do. I sell traditionally as well, but there are a half a dozen contingencies I have to get through before I ever sit at that closing room table.
And the benefit to an auction is that the property is sold and they must close within your specified amount of time. Ours is within 30 days. Nothing makes my offer go back on that negotiating table. I don't have to renegotiate. It is sold as is. I don't deal with inspections. And an auction, in all honesty, brings out the strongest and the best buyers in the marketplace because they're there to buy it. I don't have to talk them into the house. I don't have to show them three other houses in order to compare to it. They're there to buy that house. Exactly. That's a great point. As well as, in addition to, not only are you attracting an expanded pool of buyers that were on the MLS looking, as well as through your marketing, the pool of buyers, a neighbor, you know, may not have even considered, but by the previews that you have and the things that you, you know, the marketing that is generated from the auction, it's incredible how many people walk in and their common responses, I wasn't even thinking about buyers, you know, buying a new property, but this came up and it sounds exciting. That's why there's so much of participation. Um, but another important consideration is, is the fact that the simplicity that the property is sold as is. And it doesn't have to be picture perfect unless the seller chooses, right? So the, in the sense of what updates might be required, because I, I have a lot of properties that we get called into and they're interviewing and trying to figure out what might be the best method for them to sell. And we hear time and time again that they have they were provided by the, uh, the realtor that might have previously spoken to them or a family friend or someone said, you know what, you need to update all the bathrooms, you need to put in a new roof, you need to spend, you know, 50, 70, $100,000 to bring the home to look like, you know, HGTV before you can list it. Um, so what is also your, your feedback about that component? This is a question I get a lot. So I constantly have someone who will call the office right. saying, I'm, I'm not ready. I'm just thinking about this. So they're kind of at that beginning stage. Right. I'm thinking about this. I need to do something. Um, I, I don't want to be cold in Ohio anymore. I have spent my last winter here, but I'm not ready. <laughs> I just need to know what do I need to do? And so I go in um, just as a consultant and I sit down with them and we take a look at the property. I don't mind if a property is dated. If you've lived in your house, a lot of people have lived in their house that I meet for 60 and 70 years. Right. And you know, sometimes it's okay. People can envision, you could put in, and you've heard this before, you can put in, you know, they may have green carpeting and you may, somebody may, a realtor may suggest that they put in tan carpeting because everything needs to be neutral. Right. And then somebody moves in and hates the tan carpeting and they want hardwood floors. You know, right. the thing is, it's okay. I always say clean cells. So we go in and make sure that we just have a clean property. We help them clean. We have people on our team that help them get to that point that we need to get to. Absolutely. And that either means, um, you know, taking it down to the basics, you know, of what they need and getting um, the clutter out and right. just having nice clean lines. Um, you know, we sit down and tell them it's, 
I don't necessarily know it's important to put $70,000 in a house because if you put $70,000 in a house and it's only going to gain you $35,000 more, what was the benefit of putting that exactly. in the house? Exactly. And that's not the case at all. You want to be able, in, and something that, that I look at is, um, and I pride myself on, right. which is a prime example, is storybook marketing. Sometimes the story about the house is far greater than the house. And during our marketing and advertising, I can have a house that was built in 1950 that hasn't been updated and, and this happened, but it was, the, it was the history, it either was the architect, the builder, the story of the seller. I've wrote, you know, I've written beautiful stories about the seller that people are just compelled. Um, to buy that property. And I will tell you, that is money in the bank all day long. Isn't that incredible? And that's one of the main reasons I'm so passionate about bringing content, volume, information to those that are considering downsizing. Because, you know, at this important stage, how much they out, you know, spend and what they take away, it, it's really a balance sheet, right? And, and, I'm, and I want everyone to be mindful about understanding, are those improvements really necessary? And are they going to have that financial return on it? Because just because one individual tells you, and that's their only experience, whether it's a family member or a trusted advisor or a, a realtor, we really, I would really like to expand the knowledge and the opportunity for potential individuals looking to downsize that there is a different way that they, you know, we don't want to see them dispelling all of their cash or a lot of the cash into the property that they're going to be selling right away. So, so each property has its unique features and it's such a great opportunity that you're able to go into the home and uh, provide them an evaluation and let them know um, this is important and this may not be important. So that in itself from an experienced second generation realtor and auctioneer is priceless. Thank so you. that's one of the most important, you know, considerations is once they've got to this stage of now they figure out their personal assets, they're figuring out, you know, the way to, to sell the property. Talk to us about the timeline of exactly how this is going to work. Should they sell their personal assets first? Should they sell their real estate first? What, in your experience, what works best? I have, I have two answers to this actually. Okay. I have, we can, there's, there's many aspects that we can do to make this easy. We can sell the personal property first, okay? And then pick a date and do the real estate second mm -hmm. and then have that timeline for them to move and go. Right. There are some people that they don't want that disruption in their life and they choose to move first, first right. and then I do both of them at the same time. Yes. And so it really depends on the needs of what's important to them. I'm listening to them rather than telling them what mm -hmm. to do because they may not want to deal with the craziness of inventory and pulling everything out. And, right. you know, I just, I just had a client yesterday, sweetest lady ever. And I met the movers at the house. They packed her up. Right. She's on a plane as we speak right now, <laughs> heading to Florida. 
And she gave me the keys to her house. Uh, We'll start to organize and we're going to sell all the personal property online. Then we're going to go in and we're going to make everything nice and clean afterwards. And then we're going to market the real estate. And her and I are still, even though she's not here in Michigan and she's in Florida, we're still going to work really close together. And so that she is informed every step of the way. I want her to know that she's still in control. Absolutely. And that's a great point of the seller is really um, in control of setting all the timelines in this entire process and they can feel comfortable devising that roadmap, right? So it's really while they sit down with you or we're sitting down with clients and during a consultation, you know, creating that roadmap. You're here figuring out where their final destination is going to be and really plotting and helping them chart out how long they want this process to be, as well as, you know, how that might work out for them. Um, And once that is done, I feel like 75% of the hard part of the mental process of downsizing has really been accomplished. They are so, you know, a lot of my clients are older and they call me up later and say, I'm so happy. You know, I best, we couldn't have done it without you. And I said, what's the best part that you loved about this whole process? And they said, I knew when everything was going to happen and there were no hassles and everything just flowed beautifully. Mm -hmm. That warms my heart. And that's the reason why I do what I do for a living and still enjoy it every day. Oh, that's amazing. And uh, that's what we want our listeners to hear that you know, they need to get over um, any anxiety or any, you know, anything holding them back and feel encouraged and feel inspired to put in the necessary steps, pick up the phone, make the phone calls to the trusted advisors, call Beth, call myself. We'll connect you with individuals that could help you with, if we, if it's outside of our sphere, we will connect you with those that can absolutely help you. Um, Beth, tell us what is your website that, or, or and that, people can contact you with on it's very easy it's my name it's bethroseauction.com fabulous and you know and and get the conversation going that is the most important dialogue to encourage our listeners is to start that initial conversation get the ball rolling Um, allow a professional to come in and answer your questions evaluate the things that you're looking at within your home from the personal assets to the actual real estate, what it might be involved to get the home ready to sell and what may not be, you know, um, and really simplify the entire process because it's meant to be financially rewarding and uh, really help you take the needed steps to simplify and get you moving forward. So talk to us about the, um, where you see the market and and how are we with this misconception of COVID-19 and sellers waiting to list and sell within the market that we're in? What are you seeing out there? You know, Anne, it's interesting because all of January this year and all of February, I was traveling Mm -hmm. and obviously I'm not traveling right now. (laughs) That was put to a halt. But the reason I was traveling is I was speaking 
nationally on real estate forecasting and what was going to happen with the disruptors for 2020. Right. And no one saw this coming. Not myself with all the research that I did. And I knew that there were going to be changes. Real estate runs in eight to 10 year cycles, always, always has, always will. And so we are due, we were due this year for a disruption, which hindsight being 2020, I thought it was technology. I thought it was, you know, the Amazons getting into the business. You know, it was artificial intelligence, right. a lot of different things. And, and then we were hit with COVID. Mm-hmm. And so it's changed the way we, we've done business. And it will not be the same. It will be different right. um, on a positive, not necessarily a negative. But, you know, I'm a person who is in business and I love to shake someone's hand and I love to hug that sweet lady that I power <laughs> you know it's very that's the difficult part but there is a new normal for this and you have to you've got to really be on the cutting edge of technology to be able to uh, offer services and you have to understand in Michigan real estate was non-essential until last week and so we had to virtually show the properties we had to virtually sell them and we've got You know, we've got the technology to do that. Here's what, here's what I foresee. The market is hotter than hotcakes right now. And, and that's all great. Interest rates are very low and things are still selling and they were still selling during this whole crisis. However, the market's going to change and the market's going to change because there are a lot of people that are in forbearance right now that are getting ready in July to come out of their first forbearance. Their second forbearance is going to be in October and some people will be able to catch up or throw it on the back of the loan and many are not. So the bankers and the attorneys and those that I have been speaking to is that in in some point in 2021 and beyond, we cannot pump the amount of money that we've pumped into the economy and with the forbearances and with the poor commercial properties and these businesses that have been trying to hang on by a thread the, um, you know, the PPP loans are getting ready to be over with at the end of this month. The right. thing is, is there is going to be, there is going to be a change and it's going to be a drastic change. And so there is going to be a number of foreclosures, uh, which is very unfortunate. And there's going to be some correction. So when I said earlier, make your biggest decisions first, make those decisions, but don't make them on fear. Because a, a good auctioneer and a good specialist can overcome a lot of objections. Right. My rock star years were in 07, 08, 09, and I was doing auctions for the right reasons. None of my clients are in trouble. I don't, I do not do distressed properties. I work with clients that are. That's a great point. They are ordered, right? And and so it's knowing how to work in those markets. And I was very diversified in order to do that, where many agents, you know, we lost probably almost 50% of, of the agents in our area because they couldn't sustain that because they weren't diversified. And so I'm very diversified to be able to think outside the box during those critical times 
but there are going to be some changes and we know that. Um, but with those changes come great opportunities and you just have to Absolutely. Absolutely. And you hit it right on the point. I think, um, how many times have you and I spoken over the last three, four months about the fact that even though parts of the market were quiet, we were, we have bulldozed through and have been able to sell listings that we've had as well as auction properties. Um, and really without even a slight pause. And the reason is the right technology was in place, the right skill set, the right experience. This is not something that can just happen overnight uh, for a lot of organizations, but it has taken years and years of training, experience, um, working, having the staff to help to do so, the back end, the marketing. There's so much to go in. And then the fear, and I want everyone to have that confidence and take away that there is no better time than today. There's no better time than today for them to really move forward with their decision in downsizing or their process of selling their property because of external factors, simply because we're able to bulldoze through them and still bring in the attention and the buyers through the incredible marketing that you're able to generate. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think that's a huge blessing, a huge takeaway. Uh, for the market, for your clients, and for potential clients, uh, because it speaks volumes about um, the history of who you are. Again, the Rose family is one of the most uh, second generation family within the business and, and your years of experience, the number of auctions that you've conducted, and the latest technology and really sharing of content. Um, I am so grateful for everything that you do for the National Auctioneers Association. I can't wait for your position of leadership to expand even further and uh, for, for your many years of wisdom and sharing and bringing new technology and insight to all of us. It is incredibly paramount. And uh, I am just thrilled and blessed to call you a colleague and a mentor and a friend. And, and I hope our, our listeners were able to take nuggets away that, that can really help them with this process and the journey. And, and I think you hit on it about where you see the market is headed, but really, there's really no better time than today. What are your finishing remarks for us um, and those that are considering this journey? Pick up the phone and just talk to one of us. You know, talk to us about how you feel and what your plans are. And we will help get you through that anxiety Right. But just call, just call or email us and start the lines of communication for that plan. Absolutely. Thinking about it, you'll be so much happier and go enjoy yourself. You deserve it. You have, you have worked hard and yeah. there's no better time than now to just do it. To just do it. It is amazing. So I want to hear about you are up north. Your daughter, Sarah, is in Florida. So how much time and how, how I know that there was some conversation and, and, and I'm glad you had an opportunity to spend more time in Florida. And uh, how does that, how has that, you know, small transition that you've been able to create and make, what has, how has that helped you in your life? You know, this downsizing. It has been wonderful. It has given me balance right. and makes me happy. I loved the house that I lived in. It was beautiful. 
But you know, after I moved, I don't even think about it. I don't even miss it, which I thought I should, but I don't. I love just being able to be free. And uh, although I loved the house, I wasn't free of the house. I was constantly working and, you know, and had a lot of land and, and I was doing the work and I'm going to tell you, I am enjoying my life because my life before was work and this house. And now I lock the door and I go, you know, my daughter and my grandbabies are in Florida. So I can go and I can come back. And I have found a balance that I never felt before. And I can still do all the things that I enjoy doing. And I couldn't be happier. I love it. I love, it. I love the fact that a couple of weeks ago, uh, in, in the midst of all of this uncertainty that was happening, you said, you know what, I'm locking up the condo, I'm getting in the car, and I'm driving down to Florida, I'm setting up my office there virtually, and I'm going to go enjoy my babies. And it was just incredible to see that you had that flexibility. I was thinking about trying to do the same thing, to go to Florida where my sister is, and maybe have that opportunity. But my goodness, still, still being stuck in my own home, and I have not completed my downsizing journey yet. It is, it, 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 it's restrictive. It really did restrict my opportunity to make similar decisions. So I envy the fact that you have crossed the threshold and that now you're on the other side, able to take full advantage of um, being able to lock and go, really. And, and that's so, that's so exciting. And isn't that the number one call that we receive after a family has downsized? They're happy. You know, they're, they're happy and your happiness is everything. Life is short and it just, you know, it was time for me. I've yeah. done everything and I'm still working. I'm not near retired, but I have found the balance and I can do it where I wasn't able to do that before. Absolutely. And that is the, the opportunity to make the best decisions for yourself and uh, the freedom that it provides our schedule and really opening up the time to make the choices that really at the end of the day, we were not able to do so before. I think that's what the real downsizing process is all about is to have that freedom and to be able to create this new life, this new vision that we have. And again, it all starts with that initial thought of where do you want to be? And uh, I encourage all of you to think, all of our listeners, to think about where would you like your next step to be? Where do you want your rainbow to land? Because you're in control of your entire journey. You're in control of where you want that conversation to start and end for your new page. And it's exciting. They get to turn the page. They get to fill out this new page about where they want to live their timeline of how to achieve what they would like to achieve, um, figure out what they would like their new home to look like. Perhaps they've you know, been flipping the magazines and they love this new Pottery Barn look. You know, um, I always say, design, decorate, and buy for your new home what you've always wanted to be and just let go of everything. And, and let go, one of the important things we didn't talk about, the cost of moving. Instead of you know, packing up, having things crated, having things move that was perfect for your previous space 
may not just be as perfect for your new space. So with all of those things in consideration, I wish you a happy planning journey to all of our listeners as they start to tackle this journey of plotting and planning their downsizing goals and their downsizing needs. Uh, we are all here as resources, BethRoseAuctions.com for any information. Uh, you can also contact us at the downsizingcoach.com for our show notes, and we'll have Beth's information also listed for you. And, uh, and you can listen to this episode or share it. We would love for you to be able to subscribe to our show, rate our show, review our show, and share with us content, as well as give us feedback about topics that they would like to hear, that you would like for us to feature in the weeks ahead. We're here for you in the long run, and uh, we can't wait to feature and hear about your success stories and your downsizing needs here on the Downsizing Show and Home Radio. Thank you so much, Beth Rose, for taking the time to join us today. It's been an absolute pleasure to be here for our launch shows. We look to have you on again, and, and we look forward to hearing more about your journey. And thank you so much. Uh, we are signing out for the day, wishing all of you a blessed week and a blessed journey. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Downsizing Your Home and Life radio show. It would mean the world to me if you clicked to subscribe to our show so that you don't miss any of our upcoming episodes. Please share our link with friends who may also be considering the downsizing journey and leave us a rating and review so that we know how well we are doing. For more resources, visit thedownsizingcoach.com. Wishing you great success in planning your steps to living your best life. I look forward to greeting you on our next show. 